I like I looked at this and that was the first thought I had. I was like, oh, I guess okay, this is sort of their MO. Like they've been doing this for a while. All right, y'all. Well, why did you why did we why did we clap? We clap so that we're all on the same so we know like when to cut it off. Yeah. Oh okay. Well you, nobody told long. me. Not that it's a huge deal, because like frankly, once we do the intro, we can just cut it off there, so it's not a huge deal, but yeah. you know, it's it's a nice like consistent sound as to like okay that's where we cut it off the, the yeah. big clap can we talk about the fact that none of you guys commented on my new setup i Jim? you know what i was gonna say something i was gonna say something but I just i don't know i guess i never noticed previously i guess i did notice where are you <laughs> it's a big question. i am in what was formerly my master bedroom and is what happened oh, your master you downgraded so Lauren and I have a two-bedroom condo, and this room was our bedroom. It's the bigger of the two bedrooms, and we had been talking about it for a while, like switching the two rooms, because like sure. all we do in the bedroom is bang and sleep. Gross. So like, so, <laughs> so we moved the rooms. Um, like, and I, we'd been talking about doing it for a while. Well, then I decided last night, finally, like, fuck it, we're doing it instead of like waiting for the weekend and like a good time to do it. <laughs> and, and she honestly, last night was the night. If there was ever a night that like I would have been murdered in my own home, like last night was the night she was not pleased. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do? You well, evil we, person. We, well, I mean, she just was like, she's got a lot going on at work being that she is an HR manager, Ah, you know, rough. and there's, she's got a lot, there's, she's, she's under a lot of stress and that kind of thing. Sure. So then I just dropped this huge, massive project on her, and then we couldn't get the couch. We couldn't get the couch out of the door, or out of the other, out of the other, out of the other room, because like, we have a pull-out couch you. in the other room. Wow! And so then we ended up having to take the doors off the frames. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was. It was like it was like the door to the room that we're sleeping in right now, or like our bedroom now, uh, is still off the frame because it's a solid wood <laughs> door, and it's too heavy for me to get back on. Oh, you piece of shit! The frame, so it's like a it's like a whole thing where I'm gonna have to have somebody else help me. You're such and, a jackass. Uh, yeah. I, okay, look, man. Nobody's nobody's arguing that. But <laughs> anyway, now I have like so we've got the couch in here. Like you can see the couch there, and there's a TV up there. But basically, this is just like a second sitting room. And the nice thing is too is like through that door. That door leads to our back porch. And so, like, we were sleeping in here before, and then like in the summertime, if we have like people over, like our grill and stuff is right out there. So if we were to have like people over and that kind of thing, like, you know, and they wanted to be outside, like everybody had to walk through our bedroom to get out there. Yeah. I used to live in an apartment where in order to go to the bathroom, you had to walk through my bedroom. Actually, I've known, I've known plenty of people that, that have lived in, in those kinds of setups. So yeah. So now we have this nice little room. There's a TV up there. Like we're going to, you know, there's a bunch of shit in here right now that we just need to figure out. Uh, what we're gonna do with so that's kind of our project for the weekend. Nice. But plenty of time, plenty of time to do it. Plenty yeah. of time to do it. Boy, yeah, oh boy. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's why that was part of the, like I just wanted to like like it was nice because like now we have this office and like we had the office before but the office it was so cramped and now it's just like nice like we have this big room we have plenty of room in and like you know if my friends want to come over and like we want to stay up at all hours of the night playing like chill or something like we can hang out in here and we don't have to be in the living room. Nice. Sweet dude. One time, my friend Paul came over to my house and we drank and played NHL from 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. I remember that you fucking savage. 
Um, we drank we drank three cases of White Claws and four bottles of Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> Because, like because two, despite the fact that we were at the time women. a twenty-eight and twenty-seven-year-old man, we were acting like forty-three-year-old white women. Wow, yeah. what a what a what a lovely what a lovely night! Oh, you were dude. I love a good I love a good bottle of Savvy B, man. Of, of course, but of course, but of course. Um, Speaking of which, did you, real quick, did you guys hear the way Cardi B says coronavirus? It's awful. I can't get out of my head. I can't get out of my head. Um, not Jesus. not to be the the overly professional guy, but is everybody's garage man still working? <laughs> hey, yeah, listener, sorry, we're we're going through a new system here. Yeah, man, mine's working. Okay, just yeah. making sure. Last it's time it's not recording problem, any sounds, so. but it's working. Okay, but that that means it's not working at all. Actually, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's um, working. Please don't stop yours. Mine's working. I promise. That that shit, I can't get out of my head. I was saying it today, like on multiple like, <laughs> on multiple occasions. I couldn't get out of my fucking head. She also does like the little finger thing, like coronavirus. <laughs> she uh. I I I can't tell bad. you guys how much I dislike Cardi B. Um, oh God, no! I love her so much. The other day I was talking to her. I think this was just yesterday, but quarantine time, it all runs together. Um, I said to Lauren, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, and I was like, who's? Because we were talking literally about her saying coronavirus, and I was like, I was like, who's that? I'm like, who's that female rapper that's like a worse, more annoying version of Nicki Minaj? <laughs> That's and the one Lauren You got like it Cardi B I was like yeah That's her name Yeah, yeah <laughs> Pretty much Oh my god Fucking A dude What a uh, Boy What a What a week What a week it's been And we're back I've been watching I don't know about you guys I start Every morning By watching A classic NBA game Shout out to League Pass And YouTube Holy fuck There's so much on YouTube um that that guys if you guys are reddit fans i would highly recommend you guys just google uh best nba classic games on youtube and there is an entire google doc that you can find on reddit and it is fucking gold man i watched the entirety of basically the entirety of the 99 and 2000 playoffs today on my youtube channel uh, on my PlayStation while I was working. It was glorious. So, I, I'm Jay. actually currently... Oh, sorry, Nikki. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, just man. sorry. Real quick. I just want to just double check. Does that mean Jay is a, a fan of Reddit now? Don't start. I'm not a fan Jay's of Reddit. A, Jay's a Redditor. <laughs> Jay's I'm not a Redditor. I found what I wanted. I found what I needed. I got it. And I'm watching stuff on YouTube, which is my channel. Thanks to... Uh, Reddit. Yes, sir. Say it. Say it. I love I love. Say my name. <laughs> uh, I'm actually I've actually been watching through um, my big thing has been watching through all of the classic games that are on uh, the free league pass oh they're great dude like, oh. I watched a Bill Russell game the other night like, yeah literally I was just like you know what so I've been I, I recently r- picked up Bill Simmons book again so I told a funny story the other day I uh, so I did uh, our friend Danny Marqu- uh, Martinez's podcast the other day. Sorry, I've been drinking tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did Danny Martinez's podcast. Never the other day. laugh like that again. My yeah. God. I, <laughs> I started Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball when I started at my current job. And it's been five years and I still haven't finished it. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, well, actually the joke is better told off- offline now that I think about it. But in any case, mm. um, I picked it up again recently because i'm almost done with it um and i was reading a chapter i was finishing like his portion of the book where he like ranks the top 100 players of all time and i read the portion about bill russell and i'm like fuck dude i would really love to watch a bill russell game and thank you league pass there's like four bill russell games on there and you know what 
He's really fucking good. Even to today's standards, he's way too skinny and way too small. But the way that he played basketball then is basically like he was like if Clint Capella was playing in the 60s. I always maintain that if like the elite of the elite players from decades gone by had access to today's athletic training and nutrition that the the those top tier elite players would be top tier elite players in today's game. Yeah, for sure. In a lot of cases, in a lot of not, cases. And not every single one of them. Is like I don't one? think I don't think I don't think Gail Goodrich is dropping twenty five at night. Right. In, like in Jerry West is probably Jerry West is getting eaten up by by. No Ky- way, Kyrie Jerry Irving. West. Jerry West was just Steve Nash before his time, brother. Yeah, but he's still unathletic as shit, and Steve Nash was a bad defender. He's getting eaten up by Kyrie Irving. No well, question. What about John Stockton? Because it's John same thing. Could still play. Same no, thing. He still, he no, still he played. played he played in two recent of times. Like it's not even. It's it's not that far off from what it is now. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, it is. We're talking the I, '90s to I know now. It is. I'm talking. I'm talking about the '60s compared to now. Like obviously the '90s are dr- way drastically different than now. But like if we were looking at the '90s versus now, as opposed to the '60s versus now, Dude, John it's like Stockton. At total John Stockton could still, could still play in today's. Like that's. I, that's if what you're what I'm gonna tell, I'm not saying he, he wouldn't. Oh, I thought I, you were saying sorry. John Stockton would no, get. No, yeah, no, 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 okay, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I, yeah, no, no, I misunderstood what you were saying. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying he would be the same level of effectiveness. I don't know that he would be like top fifty player of all time, but like I think he would still be an all star. I think he would be still like maybe top hundred of all time. Um, but yeah, like the nineties and 2020s are not that far apart where like what was available to them in terms of like training oh, and nutrition. Yeah, yes, and there like that. yes, there no, is. I know like, that, you, but you I'm, look, I'm saying look, again, look back at like, look at, look back at guys like Kobe and like T-Mac and those kinds of guys. Like back in the day, those guys, all they did was like, they just went out and played ball. Oh, like, I agree. There wasn't, there wasn't all this like youth training and like all this shit that like a lot of these elite players go through now. Even back in you know 1995, like sure. it's it's so different. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I completely agree with you. Anyways, that's not the topic that we're here to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into today's topic, welcome back, y'all. This is NBA episode one twenty four, three, one twenty, yeah, one twenty four. Yeah, right? I don't know. I don't last, count. Lack, it's <laughs> it's so easy to lose count. Um, no, we, I mean I just literally run? don't pay attention at all. One twenty three. Uh, this is this is episode 123. Thank you. Uh, episode 123 of the podcast that tries to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. Again, we're continuing the trend of just talking NBA shit. We are in a we are in this quarantine life where there's no basketball, so we we are almost exclusively talking basketball to keep the conversation going. We could have chosen the shit route. We could have chosen the NBA shit route, which is the route that we chose. If you guys listened to last week's episode, which I highly, highly recommend you check out because it's the 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 bookmark, the, the, the first bookend of this new series that we're doing. Last week, we covered MJ's last season. It was a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal point in the entirety of the NBA as we know it today. It was it was the point where things changed and we've decided to review the seasons from his last season until today in 2020 uh we covered his final series against the jazz we covered some of the things that happened during the season like we talk about how reggie miller's overrated as hell well you know some people had that opinion some people didn't but here we are and today's episode is going to be on the 98 99 season and the 99-2000 season. Now, before we jump into the content, I'd like to introduce us. 
per usual, I am your host, Jay Keyless, aka Veggie Miller, dude. Let's go. From the West Coast, not the best coast. Introduce yourself, sir. Sorry. Nikki Keyless. You're welcome. <laughs> Nikki Keyless, aka um mm, You got nothing, sorry. So sorry. What? Failure. I got three. I think I had Yo. one, but then it just went away from me. Are you gonna introduce like, me, or do I just do I just get like, to chime my, in? My my brother Nem <laughs> with less melatonin. Oh no, melanin. <laughs> I got plenty of melatonin. It's on top of my fridge. I take it almost <laughs> every day. Fair. My my brother melatonin. with far less melanin. <laughs> introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's up? It's Tad, aka Sean Mariona virus. <laughs> oh God. A- aka Vernon Snackswell. A.K.A. Ty Cole Slauson Don't stop dude What? I gotta be honest with you The Sean Marion one I just came up with Off the top of my head When you threw Reggie Miller out there I was like Ah bro I gotta get a Sean Marion one in here (laughs) These are the best ones These are the best ones Guys Ty Ty Cole Slauson I thought about on my couch (laughs) I don't know where they came from That's pretty good That's pretty good Um, So for the listeners, if you've been keeping up with our Instagram account at all, one, Nikki has been contributing with the hotness on the memes. He did something today on fucking Victor Oladipo. Apparently, he likes to play Sims. Who knew? Um, I have been posting recordings of classic NBA games that I have been watching over the last couple days um, in preparation for this podcast, but just like in nature of feeling nostalgic because there's no other basketball to watch. And, and if- today... Oh, no. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was just going to say today I decided I woke up this morning and I said, you know what? I want to watch a T-Mac game. Now, we're going to get into T-Mac in a further in a future episode, like in real detail, because I, I don't want to speak for you guys. But personally, for me, I became the NBA fan that I am today because of Tracy McGrady. Say, like, say, there's no question. There's no question about that. Say, I can't dude. speak for Nikki. Oh, you know, I know Tad yeah. was heavily influenced. Like T Mac was, was, was the first player guy. shoe I owned. T Max. Same wow. here. Yeah, we same both. Here. I think I think we both bought the exact same color ones. Too. Oh wait, no. Did you I same had. Day? I got the black ones. No, we got different yeah. colors. We got different colors. Yeah. I had the original answer threes. Oh, those are tight. Ooh, yeah, um, those are and then I got the then then the T Max, then the answer sixes. And then the T Mac fours, I want to say. I mean, I, I could go on, but yeah, sure. It was so fun. I watched a two thousand three game, uh, two thousand three two thousand four season, Lakers with Malone and Gary Payton versus T Mac, and what a shit show of a lineup that was. Teron Liu, Jawan Howard, Deshaun Pat- Stevenson, and some European guy whose name I could not pronounce. Is it, well, no, it wasn't Pat Garrity was on that team. I'm pretty sure Pat Garrity was our, our best player on that team. Uh, he definitely wasn't because Tracy McGrady existed on that team. But I'm telling you, the starting lineup consisted of Teron Liu, Deshaun Stevenson, T-Mac, fucking Jawan Howard, and some... European guy Michael Delarique or some shit. I could I, I can't even remember his name. He was a blip on the yeah, dude. Look, man, those those teams were real, real bad, dude. Bad, dude. So <laughs> bad. Is that so bad? Is that the game that the Lakers won in OT? Yep. Yeah, hundred. Yes. Like hundred. So it was like a hundred and like thirty four to like one twenty one or shit. The Magic were winning the entire game, and then Kobe went off for like twenty six in the third quarter. It was nuts. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I know, I, I know, I know the game. 
Like I, I, I know it was so. I, I know, so I know, I know the though, exact dude. game. I got into a T-Mac, full on T-Mac argument. Had, with... T-Mac had thirty eight. I'm pretty sure. Oh, crushed, crushed. And at that point, he had scored like fifty in multiple games yeah. leading up to that game. Yeah, like, I remember. The, I he remember was the just game. on. He was on fire. This is what I try to tell the listeners. I was Nikki. I was ha- uh, so Nikki and I have a friend, uh, Abel. Abe, who Abel, who is a is. He is a provocateur, to say the least. If you ever listen to this podcast, you know you are, you son of a bitch. And I posted um, a video yesterday when I was watching the 2001 finals or Eastern Conference semifinals, actually, Raptors versus Sixers, which I don't know wh- I don't know about you guys, but like in my memory bank, I always stored the Raptors versus Sixers in 2001 as the Eastern Conference finals. And I, for whatever reason, completely blocked out the Bucks versus Sixers, which was also a quality series, by the way. But I don't know what it is. I just like that 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 Raptors Sixers series is just like burned in my memory. And I always thought that was the Eastern Conference finals. I don't know. No, why. no I know. Arguably one of the best playoff series of that era. Both, yeah. I mean, but this is the thing: is like the the series against the Bucks was equally competitive, but for whatever reason, the Bucks were just not as sexy of a team. And I just because well, like, you had Vince Carter, it's man. just out I of my mean, memory. You had you had Vince Sanity. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was Vince Sanity versus like Ray Allen was just like not as sexy of a player to no, like. No, Ray the Allen. Youth. Ray Allen was always that guy who like people always, like Ray Allen is is sort of falls into the Tim Duncan like Kawhi Leonard kind of thing where yes. he was never I'm glad like you said that. he was never like a hugely marketable guy. He was like my favorite player for a long time. Like him and Tracy McGrady were like my two favorite players and he but like I always kind of liked him because he was just like kind of this like little guy who was like you know he was humble and like he, he didn't say you know you didn't hear about him much and he'd go out and score like 28 a night and people forget, man. People just think about him at the end of his career with, like, the Celtics and the Heat where he was right. just shooting threes and that sort of thing. Like, dude, people forget that he was, a, like, a real legit Monster, player. Like, yeah. could get to the rim at will. Like, was a great passer, oh, yeah. good defender. Like, he was oh, a sure. real total NBA player. And people forget about that. People forget about his time in Milwaukee. People forget about when he was the cover athlete for NBA Inside Drive 2003. <laughs> No, I used people, to play that game dude, all the time, the and my favorite my favorite quote from that game was when you drive in the lane and make a layup, the commentator would go, "Ain't no parquet, that's butter right there." <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the thing, Ray Allen. I can't speak for everybody. Obviously, there were there were NBA fans who were in their mid to late twenties, early thirties when he was in his prime in Milwaukee. But like for me personally, be I'm 31 years old, so like I was I was fairly young at that point in time. Let's see, 2001, I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. So like it was definitely I was young, I was young as shit. And like Ray Allen didn't even come on my radar until he got game. Like I had no idea who the fuck he was until he got game. That's and so then he got traded to, to the Sonics. About. And then once he went to the Sonics, I was like, oh, Ray Allen's really fucking good at basketball. But for yeah. whatever reason, he was just never on my radar. It's funny that you growing up near Chicago, like he was never on your radar. Meanwhile, like little Tad in bumfuck Iowa was like <laughs> in love with this guy who played for the Bucks. <laughs> Two small cities. Two small cities. Here I am in fucking Chicago brooding for T Mac and he was the only thing on my radar. He was just the only thing on my radar. Because at that point the bu- the the Bulls sucked. Yeah. And I was too young to even pay attention to anybody else except for T-Mac because he was cool and, and Kobe he was amazing. And Shaq. Sure. But I was just like an anti-Lakers guy. Like I was just not Dude, even who, back who then. Dude, who wasn't an anti-Lakers guy back then though? 
No, yeah. I agree. Except any, anybody Cowboys that was fans. the only people that were like, yeah, exactly. Cowboys fans. Yankees those fans. Those types of folks. Yeah, Yankees fans. Like people that want to be associated with winners. Yeah. The same people that root losers. for the, that root for the, that have always rooted for the, the, Patriots. the Warriors yeah. and the Patriots now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck you guys. You guys suck. Um, anyways, so we're 20 minutes in already and we've yet to break into today's <clears throat> topic. So as Good I mentioned start. during the intro, today we are going to start with the 1998-1999 season. Now, Nikki. Today, you have the preseason. Break it down for us. We covered this a little bit at the end of last week's episode, but paint a picture. Tell us where we're at. What's going on before the 98 Jay, season. say paint a picture on this podcast one more fucking time. I don't think I said it that you much. Said you said lot. it like eight times last like, episode. Like, yeah. let me paint you a picture. <laughs> then the next topic, I'm going to paint you a picture. And then the, then at one point during the segment, you looked at us and you guys, guys, I painted you a picture and you held up a picture that you had painted during the episode. <laughs> It's true. I did a brush stroke. I was just like, look, it's Monet. Uh, Nikki, please paint a picture for us. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> January 13th, 1999. As the world waited for... Oh, wow. You heard me. As the world waited for the January 16th release of Half Baked, Michael Jeffrey <laughs> Jordan... That's what happened. That was the next movie to come out after this date. Michael Jeffrey Jordan retired for one last, but not actually the last time. The news was shocking, and the NBA world needed to figure out the next steps as the greatest human being to ever pick up a basketball called it quits. The Chicago Bulls decided Mm. championships were no longer necessary as they shipped out key contributors. Steve Kerr was asked to win in San Antonio. Scottie Pippen was asked to bear a year in the blistering Houston heat. And Dennis Dennis Rodman was asked to simply leave because he was released on January 21st. (laughs) By January 23rd, the dynasty was done and the championship was free for the taking. Let's not forget Ron Harper who went to the Lakers. Ron Harper was gone. Luke Longley was gone. They already had gotten, what was it, Ted Flynn as the coach? I can't remember the new coach's name. but This happened in in January? Bro, everybody was gone. But in January? Not, Not at the same time. Not at the same time. Yes, at the same time. The, roughly at the, the same. But I'm saying, I'm saying, in in Jan, the season ended in June. Yep. Yeah. Well, the season didn't even start till after fucking well, Valentine's also, Day. Also, if you guys, it, really quick, I'm just oh, gonna say. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot that uh, this is the lockout year. This I was like, what? Yeah, I'm dude. like, I'm like, guys. This is the hold lockout the fuck year. on. It's a lockout year. The, the season go, started February. 5th. Nikki, go. Let me continue. Mm. By January 23rd, the <laughs> dynasty was done and the championship was free for the taking. Latrell Sprewell would begin his Knicks tenure, Vladi Divac would become a king, and Terry Porter decided to hit the Miami beaches and join the Heat. You're welcome, Ted. Let's go! Uh, also, Let's go. side I love, note, I love me some a 34-year-old Del Curry matched up with uh, number 34, Ray Allen in Milwaukee. As you guys already were talking about him earlier, so I figured I'd bring that up. Continuing. <laughs> February 5th marked the beginning of the NBA season as well as the head coaching career of arguably the most influential man to today's game, Mike D'Antoni. He was hired to the coach, the Ooh. Nuggets. He lasted one season, was uh, became a fired, was an assistant coach, and then started up again. In, he didn't even make it through the whole season, right? If I'm not mistaken, he did not. I didn't look. I forgot to look into that. Anyways, I think you might. I, no, I think he made it the whole season. Guys, I, I just put on my, my Terry Porter shirt. Yeah, we and, saw it. And <laughs> it's, saw all it's, the, it's it's all from, the brown sugar on the. Uh, I mean, it's it, this thing's got to be from like 1999. But so I assumed a large would be huge. This is snug as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
that shirt is dope. Oh, that shirt is dope. The nineties were dope. I love that shirt. I'm so glad I posted I'm just, it. Like, why is there a shirt that just says Terry Porter number thirty on it? I don't know. Because he was amazing, dude. He was amazing. Uh, he was amazing. Sorry, Nikki, Nikki I keep continue. I keep you're cutting good. off your narrative. Which by the way, Nikki, this picture you're painting. Mm. Mm-mm. Chef's kiss, brother. Thank you. Fucking great. Anyways, this Fucking is literally great. the final sentence of this piece. By the end of that day, February 5th, 1999, Dominique Wilkins, who the season prior was playing in Italy, tried to see if he had any magic left in him as he signed with Orlando for what would be his last <laughs> NBA season. Back to you, Jay. Dude, you should write movies, bro. You should write movies, dude. Holy shit. That was amazing. That was incredible. Oh, my God. I, was, I am there so was, embarrassed. There was, there was a plot. There were key characters. There was wow. a climax. There was a, a resolution. Like, Dude, you just, set the, you just set the tone for what we have to do moving forward. Holy <laughs> shit. That was incredible. I am... I am emasculated, like in a real way. I, I have an I think erection. My dick fell off. I, I went to school for that. <laughs> wow, that was incredible. Wow, what a what a what a phenomenal trailer for what is the ninety eight ninety nine season. Now I have the season season, so let me just let me break this season down because it was super fucking weird. So to Nikki's point, this was the end of the Bulls dynasty. We lost. Uh, I'm not gonna say we. Scotty leaves in a trade. Scotty gets traded. Steve Kerr is gone. Dennis Robbins gone. Michael announces his his retirement, and Phil Jackson's like, "Yo, I'm fucking out of here." Fun fact, real quick. Also, Luke Longley was traded for to to the Suns for a pick that eventually became Metal World Peace. Oh wow! Oh, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. It's probably the best trade. Yeah, it's there's. I, I was gonna say because I saw. The the Pippen trade was rough. Uh, I didn't see the Kerr trade, so I don't really the know Kerr many details about that. Obviously, a, um, a first round pick for two thousand for some guy. It's a very European name. Started yeah, with a we D didn't get much for them. Jerry Jerry Krause was mailing it in at that point. Uh, Tim Floyd comes in. It's the worst Bulls team ever. And now the NBA is up for grabs. The dynasty that was the Chicago Bulls for the entirety of the 90s has now been dispersed. People have retired. People have left. They've been traded. And everything's up for grabs. A lot of people are of the opinion that the up-and-coming Pacers are a real potential threat. The Miami Heat, who now have Tim Hardaway and a lot of other stars like Alonzo Mourning, they have a real potential chance to win the Eastern Conference and potentially win the finals. The Lakers, of course, look amazing in the Western Conference, featuring none other than Shaq and Kobe, although in this season Kobe was yet to be Kobe. But you have the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, no, Kobe who was still Tim Kobe. Duncan. He was a fucking all-star the season before. That's yeah. a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, Tim Duncan, who wins Rookie of the Year the season before and also is first-team All-NBA. You've got the Portland Trail Blazers, who have now put this team together who is – incredibly formidable the utah jazz who had been in the finals the season before the season was truly truly up for grabs the orlando magic were still formidable despite the fact that they had no longer they no longer had Shaq. you're you're sporting a team that still includes penny hardaway bj armstrong nick nick anderson horace grant fucking matt harpering bo outlaw outlaw dominique wilkins as we had mentioned previously who didn't really do much but who cares um the season was up for grabs. Of course, it was a it was a season that was shortened by the NBA player strike, and we didn't even start the season until 
after Valentine's Day. So yet again, we have two consecutive seasons where there is, there is, well, the previous season there was an all-star game, but no dunk contest. We now have two seasons with no dunk contest. And this season, no all-star game to speak of at all. We jumpstart the season in February and we basically put a hodgepodge of teams together, having played about 50 some odd games going into the playoffs. The only major things of note in this season are as follows. Number one, the Knicks made the playoffs as the number eight seed. (laughs) (laughs) The the Knicks made the playoffs in the number eight seed. And to not steal too much thunder from Tad. um, Don't don't do it. Okay, I won't. Um, Many many teams um, played their final season, including the Vancouver Grizzlies played their final season. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the next season. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, Really, the main thing was uh, there wasn't a lot that went on this season. It was a very, very short season. The the lockout pretty much kind of like encompassed everything. I watched a couple games in this season, and it was just – it was clear that the the basketball was bad. These guys (laughs) had been laid off for quite some time. And the basketball was bad. And again, to not steal too much thunder from Tad, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off to you, my friend, because there's a lot that happened in this postseason. So I'll, I'll I'll hand it off to you, sir. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. God. I'm trying to I'm take some it. shit from me. <laughs> I want to talk about playoffs. Do it. Playoffs. Do it. Okay. Yeah. To your point, the Knicks made the fucking playoffs the eight seed. The Knicks. Made the playoffs as eight seed and went to the championship game. Oh my god! Insane, <laughs> the, dude. That Knicks so, team, that Knicks team was not good. No, I watched them today. I watched them today. Like I was watching them versus the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I just looked at their roster. A hurt Patrick Ewing, and their number one scorer was Larry Johnson. Like it, it it's aging, the last good. Aging, it's the last good Knicks team. An aging Larry Johnson. Oh, for sure. And an For aging sure. and an aging Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, they had they had Mark. They, l- l- let me let me explain this to you. I had this pulled up earlier. I, I got to pull it back up. Okay, they had Williams or Herb Williams, who was six foot ten. They had Kurt Thomas, who's traditionally considered a center, though being only six foot nine. They had Patrick Ewing, who stands a towering seven feet tall. They had Chris Dudley, also seven feet tall, and Marcus Camby, who stands at six foot eleven. They had. Five or six guys on this roster that could play center at a given time. Like, imagine, like, they honestly, I like looking at this. Like, I'm are you surprised that they signed four fucking power forwards this past offseason? That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) It's like, holy shit, like, this is what they do. I was like, that's just proto the now Knicks. Like, they were ready to go. Oh, that's, I like. That's I so looked good. at this, and that was the first thought I had. I was like, oh, I guess okay. This is sort of their mo. Like they've been doing this for a while. Just, history repeats itself. History just they, repeats itself they, again like, and again like, and again. Don't get me wrong. At the time, like Latrell Sprewell was like a bona fide star when he wasn't trying to commit felony murder on his coach. And Allen Houston <laughs> assault, was assault, bro. Assault. Allen Houston was still pretty good. Um, like, I mean, they weren't terrible, but like. Dude, outside of those two guys, like their best player after that was probably Charlie Ward. Who like Charlie Ward, not a yeah. terrible player, but like he was never great. No, like never not at like all. a never like a, a premier player. I mean the, the roster is not good. And they made no, the No, it's fucking, like a it's like a three way tie for they, the third best they player. They made the fucking finals. <laughs> they upset Miami in the first round in five games. That Crazy. Miami team that you talked about, or that Nikki talks about, that was 
Loaded. Stacked, bro. Loaded. Stacked. That fucking Miami team was absolutely loaded, and they beat them in the first round. Then they went into they went down to uh, Atlanta, who actually upset uh, the Detroit Pistons um, in the in the season or in the the series uh, prior. Dude, that fucking uh, that that Hawks team had Steve Smith. They had uh, fucking oh my god, where's the other guy that I'm looking for? They had Mookie Blaylock. Ooh, fan Mookie. favorite, like that team. That team was actually really good, and this Knicks team beat. They fucking swept them. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But can I can I just for a second? Can I just interrupt? I want to read off the roster for this Miami Heat team, just so you guys are aware of how crazy of an upset this was at the time. Are you ready for this? PJ Brown, Tim Hardaway, Vashawn Leonard, Dan Marley, Jamal Mashburn, Alonzo Mourning, Terry Porter. Were their big like studs on that roster? That like, team is at, fucking loaded. Stacks, like I don't stacks. care that Terry Porter was like starting to get into the twilight of his career, and I don't care that Dan Marley was kind of in the same boat. Like those guys were all still very, very, very talented players at the time. Oh yeah, and they, oh yeah, they, like they're like I, I honestly, so, I wonder if this is just like one of those series where like they had all the talent, and like the Knicks were like we just wanted more, so they that's yeah. how the Knicks like even even like the Hawks team, Mookie Blaylock. Lafonso Ellis. Lafonso Ellis is the guy I was trying to look for. Dikembe Mutombo was still on that team. Steve Smith still on that team. He led the league in rebounds. Dude, Dikembe, brother, Dikembe. Stop calling him Dikembe. Dikembe. Oh, I'm I'm Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. No, bro, Dikembe. Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. Oh wow. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's it's. I don't even know how to explain it. And then in a run that is completely unprecedented. The fucking Pacers, who swept the Bucks in the first round, who swept the 76ers in the second round, proceeded to get beat four games to two in the Eastern Conference Finals by this trash-ass Knicks team. Terrible. And then the Knicks somehow went on to win one game in the Finals. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I was listening to a podcast. The the Bill Simmons did the Book of Basketball podcast, and they talked about the last great Knicks season, which was this 99 season. And they're like, it was such a scrappy bunch. Because, so, the uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ewing theory. Are you guys familiar yes. with that? So, for the listeners who are unfamiliar, who don't listen to Bill Simmons, a long time ago, after the 99 season, he wrote an article about what he called the Ewing theory. The Ewing theory basically states that there are teams that have a star player who is clearly a star player, but are in fact better when that star player is not involved because they don't have to feed that person or keep them in the game. So Patrick Ewing was like the staple for what that looks like. That 99 team was actually better despite the fact that they did not have Patrick Ewing because they were actually able to play in this style of basketball that was very fluid and involved a lot of different scores rather than just feeding Patrick Ewing on a regular basis. If you want this a, has been something if, that he's written about a lot with a lot of different teams. If like you want a modern day comparison, uh, it's the Carmelo Anthony. Yes, yep. right. There's a lot of different cases where it's like there's a case to be made that a team is actually better without a certain person. Like, ergo, this year's Oklahoma City Thunder is actually better than last year's team that had Russell Westbrook and Paul George yeah. because you got rid of Russell, Russell Westbrook. So that's, again, that Ewing theory of, like, the best player is, yes, clearly the best player, but it's actually a detriment to like his team. I Irving can um, to that now at this point in his career. 
I don't know that he's that much of a superstar though. Like Russell Westbrook, Patrick Ewing were like next level superstars. Kyrie, I, Kyrie Irving. I, 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 Kyrie Irving is a superstar, but he's 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 best as your t- number two option. He he, Kyrie Irving. Sure. We're, we're going to talk about this soon. Kyrie Irving, kind of an Allen Iverson. Ooh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Anyways, about continue. Continue, uh, Tad. Yes, if if I may. Um, like, there's not a ton of notable stuff other than like on the eastern side. Um, but uh, perhaps on the western. In the Western Conference, we can talk a little bit about this. Uh, so the Portland Trailblazers, which you alluded to earlier, had put together a formidable squad led by Damon Stoudemire and a in his prime and getting 40 technicals a season, Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace that season got 44 technical fouls, which to this day is an NBA record. Uh, you like literally cannot get that many in the league anymore because you start getting suspended after like your 15th. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. The Portland Trailblazers of the early 2000s. The I was watching. I was the, watching. The Jailblazers. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was watching the 2000. 2000 was it the 2000? Yeah, it was the 2000 Western Conference Finals in preparation for this. Even though we're doing that next week, I was watching the 2000 Western Conference Finals where it was Blazers versus Lakers, and they went and seven games look, after being down three games to none. Buddy, man, that bla- the Blazers of the early 2000s are one of the more disappointing teams in NBA history that nobody talks about. Like, their roster was... Oh, the early 2000s Blazers were phenomenal. Crazy. Like, because like, uh, like a season later, they had Zach Randolph. Yep. Or, yeah. or two seasons later, maybe. Like yeah, two like, seasons later, yeah. But like, and Zach, Randolph, Zach Randolph was dominant during his... Like, dude, Damon Stoudemire was a fucking legit-ass player. Bro- like Brian Grant was coming off the bench. Like maybe I don't. Maybe hey, I remember Brian Grant in a in a very different way. Later, don't worry. Anyways, you're right. We're, we're sorry. Continue. I mean, this continue. is this is this is this is something that that we do. Oh, and also but this they, is like this is like peak Arvidas Sabonis. By the yeah. way, I was just this about to say that they had peak. Ar- they had Arvidas Sabonis like at his peak. They had Greg Anthony, uh, who they had signed that off season. Uh, dude, like that team was super good, and they 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 swept the, the Suns in the first round. They bested Utah. Uh, and reigning MVP Carl Malone, uh, who was I believe that was his second year in a row that he won MVP. Um, they bested uh, MVP Carl Malone in the Utah Jazz in six games, and then they went to San Antonio, where they got swept in four games. In a sign of things to come, a Suns or a Spurs team led by aging veteran David Robinson. I said Suns, I meant Spurs. <laughs> a Spurs team led by aging veteran. David Robinson, point guard Avery Johnson, a guy named Vinny Del Negro. Uh, what's his name? Ellis. Why can't I think of his first name? Damn it. I was just doing this all the top of my head. And a, a guy that you might have heard of who not only won Rookie of the Year but was All-NBA first team the season prior by the name of Tim Duncan. I think you meant Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott. Uh, yeah. That's who I meant. Sorry. Also, uh, yes. Sorry. Steve Kerr. Oh, and let's not forget uh, Jaron Johnson Sr. <laughs> yeah, I honestly or Jackson, I didn't. I didn't Jaron Jackson. I didn't Jackson. know he was on the team. I, I'm going to be completely honest. Jaron Jackson Sr. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that one. They beat, shooting, they beat, shooting guard, number they two. beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round, led by a young player named Kevin Garnett. More on him later. They beat them three games to one. They sweep the loaded Lakers four games to none in the next series. They yeah. sweep the Blazers in the finals and then go into the NBA finals against a scrappy 
come from behind, clawing from, you know, whatever. I don't have a good analogy for that. <laughs> this Knicks team, this Knicks team that has fought and scratched and clawed their ways to the finals, they beat them four games to one. The fact that the Knicks can win one game in that series is honestly <laughs> mind-boggling. It's a shame. It's a real shame. It really is. And, uh, you know, Tim Duncan was your finals MVP. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I thought I wrote them down, but I, I did not. I apologize. Uh, Tim Duncan was your finals MVP. Uh, I assume he probably averaged 25 and 12 or something over the series because, like, those were the kind of numbers that Tim Duncan was putting up in, you know, his second year in the league. Just real casual. Also, while playing alongside Super. a pretty star-studded talent or cast of, of all-star talent was just, you know, casually just throwing up huge numbers all season long also really quick um, only started playing basketball because his the pool the olympic size pool that he was training in got destroyed from a hurricane yes that is correct wild sorry yeah sorry to derail you i just like so i, I mean just a, just a, no 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 that didn't derail me at all and the, the first the first of of five championships for yeah. uh, one timothy j duncan i assume his middle name starts with j i have no idea <laughs> uh <laughs> Now I gotta I get know. a Google it. So yeah. on, so oh, on, God. on to, on to the the post the postseason awards. Uh, MVP as mentioned, uh, two time uh, for the second time oh in a row. Oh my God! Carl, I'm so sorry, Tad. His na- middle name is Theodore. Timothy <laughs> Timothy <laughs> Theodore Duncan. Theodore Duncan. Tim Ted. Tim Tim, Tim T. Ted Duncan. Tim T Duncan. Tim T Duncan. <laughs> Timothy Timothy Ted Duncan. Timothy T Duncan. Tim, Tim, I can't Duncan. believe his middle name is wow. Theodore. Oh my God, Timothy Theodore Duncan sounds like a fucking like, like a Civil War hero. (laughs) Timothy Theodore Duncan sounds like the attorney that you hire when your wife's trying to take all your money in the divorce settlement. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. T T squared. So postseason awards, uh, most valuable player as mentioned, back to back, Carl Malone, rookie of the year, rookie of the year. A uh, name that we have spoken about earlier on this podcast and somebody that we will be definitely talking quite a bit about over the next few episodes. Uh, one Vincent Carter. Defensive Player of the Year, Alonzo Mourning from the Miami Heat team that somehow got beat by those Knicks. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Armstrong and most improved, uh, Sixth Man of the Year and most improved player, won by Daryl Armstrong. Here are the two that killed me <clears throat> that I was so shocked by. Coach of the Year. Mike Dunleavy Sr., who was the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. uh, at that time, um, his coaching record, let me pull this up real quick, his head coaching record all time is 613 and 716. Like, he was not a good coach. No, he really wasn't. Like, for the majority, like, I'll, I really only remember him as the head coach of the Clippers where he had, like, one good season and that was absolutely fucking terrible. Like, he, one year he won, like, 19 games as the head coach of the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, next one. In, in, in his defense, he did close the Clippers. Very true. Yeah, I mean, a, a, at a time where they were, like, historically terrible, bad. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's that's not lost on me. It's just, like, I just never thought of Mike Dunleavy ever being a successful coach in the NBA. But I guess that's how you get at coaching jobs. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Executive of the year. This one got me. Jeff Petrie, Sacramento Kings. Not a team that you historically uh, think about when you talk about front office excellence. No, but they pick a Vladi um, Divac, baby. And perhaps the most important award of this season, the Sportsmanship Award, won by Hersey Hawkins. 
I from the that. Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> what a beautiful. I story. did not even know that they, that was like they don't give that award out anymore, do they? I mean, they no. might. I don't fucking know. You know, to some extent, probably it's called something different yeah, now. Yeah, probably. Um, it's, it's probably what's become like the uh, like the charitable award, the award that's given to whoever's right. most charitable. Exactly. Exactly. Do we do we want to talk all NBA teams? Go for sure. it. Sure. I'm here for it. So, all NBA first team: Tim Duncan. Sure. This is Carl Malone yep. and Alonzo Mourning. Now, what is interesting to me about this, like those are the first three. There's obviously Allen Iverson and Jason Kidd were the two guards. But what's interesting to me about this is in today's day and age, like that's two power forwards in a center. Yeah. Like yeah. in today's day and age, we're lucky if we get an actual center. Yeah. It, like otherwise, it's always like LeBron and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and. I don't fucking know, like somebody who's not really a center, but they call him one anyway. Yeah, who doesn't really play the center position Usually like Anthony that. Davis. Like the, oh, when I was looking at that, like, sure, yeah, like looking at that was was crazy. Second team, uh, young uh, rising star at the time, uh, Chris Webber, uh, Grant Hill, who was at the peak of his career, um, Shaq. That blew my mind. Alonzo Mourning beat Shaq out for first team All NBA. Gary Payton and Tim Hardaway. And then third team, uh, a, a, a team of uh, future superstars and some aging ones as well. Forward Kevin Garnett, forward Antonio McDice, forward Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, or sorry, center Hakeem Olajuwon, guard Kobe Bryant, and guard John Stockton. So you've got Kevin Garnett and Kobe, who are two like sort of budding stars uh, at, the t- at the time, obviously. I mean, we know. Both those guys are, are Hall of Famers now. And you had Chris Webber on the second team and uh, Allen Iverson and Jason Kidd on the first team. So, like, if you're looking at this historically and you look at these these All-NBA teams, dude, you're like, holy shit, like, the, the, those, they were fucking stacked. Yeah, right. Like, the, like the, every, single, every single person on all of these lists pretty much is like a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about because I, I don't know if we have that in the league today, like where, like, third-teamers are guys that are making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this is this is a weird one because like this is where this is where you get guys on the third team that are like a part of the core group of '90s guys who are still good but not first team All NBA good. Yeah, like you yeah. have your John Stockton, you have your Akeem. Like I mean, Kobe is like just hitting his stride as is Kevin Garnett, Antonio McDice. This is I have to I have to imagine this is the last All NBA team he makes. Probably. Yeah, just the one. Yeah. Just the one. <laughs> just the one. It was just which is really too bad cuz I actually really liked Antonio McDice, but he just didn't he just didn't pan out after the Nuggets. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, wow. Just like it, it, like it, it's it's one of those things that I feel like we always talk about, but like the 90s was so loaded with so much unbelievable talent that sometimes I think we just forget about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. The 90s was crazy. I completely agree. Um, well, Tad, you also have the preseason for uh, for ninety nine two thousand. So From feel free. I'm glad you asked, Jay. The two thousands. Let's go ahead, Tad. Sorry. Um, so a couple things. Uh, ninety nine to two thousand. Oh yeah, dude, hit me with that big timers. I loved big timers back in the day. <laughs> that was the that was the first. I was talking about this the other day. That is the first and only thing I've ever stolen. Was the big timers album. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, big timers, big, big big timers, dude. What are you running around saying, Gator boots in my pimped out Gucci suit, dude, bro? Yeah. Like the big timers, timers, 
Big timers. Timers. Got a quarter tank of gas. In my new E class. Oh, man. What a jam. Sorry, go ahead. Still feel bad about that. No, no, no. Couple things. Um, First and foremost, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers hire uh, former six time NBA champion head coach Phil Jackson. Uh, to run uh, this innovative offensive strategy called the triangle with a couple of young superstars in Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Can I interrupt for a second? So I was reading about this recently. Do you guys know why Phil Jackson implemented the triangle offense? No. No. So the main reason why Phil decided to implement the triangle offense, specifically in Chicago, not in LA, just in general, like the entire creation of the triangle offense was solely because Michael Jordan was so bad at passing to his teammates and did not trust his teammates. So Phil implemented the triangle offense, which required a lot of passing and moving and did not allow for isolation. So the entirety of the creation of the triangle offense worked because Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan and also worked in LA because you had Kobe Bryant. The entirety of the offense was created to avoid guys who solely shot the ball and never passed it. And then it was killed by Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, and then it was over. Then it was over. Carmelo wasn't good enough to hold the triangle strong. Anyways, (laughs) I apologize. Go for it. Not a lot of notable stuff this preseason, to be completely honest with you. Phil Jackson being hired was the big one. And the other really big thing that happened was – Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain died. Well, I mean, Doc Rivers got hired by Orlando, dude. He, I, look, I was a Magic fan at the time. They, they, he was not a good coach, so I ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> but that was that his first head coaching job? It might have been. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm still not going to give him credit just because he was a new coach. Prior, prior to that, he was an announcer. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't know that. I truly mm-hmm. didn't know that. I just knew he played for the Hawks. That's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. And he went to Proviso mm-hmm. East. Yeah, he played for the Hawks. He played for the Knicks in that 99 season, actually. <laughs> and then he became an announcer. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's, you know, um, it's very, uh, very fascinating. Yes. Um, the other notable things, on October 12th of that, you have 1999, uh, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain passed away. Yep. So uh, 20,000 women worldwide mourn that passing. Wait. Crushed it. Wait. And... Uh, Maybe um, most interesting was uh, this is sort of like the dawn of the corporate sponsorship of NBA arenas because the uh, Pepsi Center opens and the Nuggets play their entire season there. And the uh, Toronto Raptors uh, officially moved into the Air Canada Center where they uh, played the entire season. That, honestly, there was not a whole lot that happened here. Like, Nikki gave us a very – like, the thing is, like, la- the previous offseason was so eventful. Yeah. That like there's just there's just not a not a, a ton like the prior to this season. This is a good season. It's a good NBA season, but there wasn't a whole lot that went on beforehand. I should mention a couple things. Number one, I fucked up on the Doc Rivers thing. He did not play for the Knicks in '99. He played for them between '92 and '94. So apologies on that. However, he did win Coach of the Year this year. <laughs> he did win Coach of the Year. This yeah, I, I know he did. I, I wasn't going to talk about that because I wasn't going to steal. Uh, or your thunder, yeah. No, that was your thingy, Nikki's. Yeah, Jay, that's your. It's your turn to talk about that. I wasn't gonna steal your thunder like you tried to with 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 mine. Yeah, bro. 
I'll get you also have to excuse me. I gotta go grab my charger. So just keep going. That's okay because I will <laughs> go. Better. Nikki, I will continue. Take us into the season. About into the season. Take also, us just into really, season. real quick, just because, uh, you know, real big hero of the, of the podcast. Can we all just real, pre- real quick appreciation? Phil Jackson replaced Kurt Rambis. So he did <laughs> big hero. <laughs> I love, I love, I love, I love Kurt Rambis and his goofy and his goofy ass glasses. And them you gotta love classes. Okay. I love. Also, I, would like I love Linda. I love Linda. Linda Rambis. <laughs> uh, so here we go. First of all, effective this season, the '99 to 2000s. Uh, this was the first ever season where the games uh, began either the first Tuesday of November or the last Tuesday of October, um, and the last games were done uh, on third Wednesday of April, and the, then the playoffs would normally begin sometime in April. That's the first time that was. Uh, a little different schedule. Obviously, the season before it was um, the shortened, the lockout shortened season. This is also the first season of the Staples Center, um, which, hilariously enough, the Lakers finished the season uh, sixty-seven and fifteen with the best record, and the Clippers flipped it, finished fifteen to sixty-seven with the worst record in the NBA. So that's a little fun fact, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's uh, yin and yang over there yeah, in, in L.A. You know, little uh, it, it's. Wow. It's it's honestly really weird to me that the Clippers are a formidable team because like yes you know we talked about it like these early years like these years that we're sort of talking about <laughs> were like kind of the early years of my NBA fandom and dude like all I can ever really remember is the Clippers just being so fucking bad and I mean they were so like obviously like yeah. remembering them being bad is not like some outlandish thing to say but like. It is still they the Clippers have been respectable for uh, about for literally a decade now. Yeah, at this point, yeah. And I still just affiliate them as like this like second fiddle NBA franchise, despite the fact that they have a successful owner, a guy who's willing to spend money, a guy who seems to really want to give his team a chance to win. Like I just cannot get over the fact that like the Clippers are like a legitimately good team. Yeah, like people it, don't realize like how bad they fucking were. Yeah, they were real bad at one point. I agree. Um, I agree. I do like that you're pointing out how good they are, but nobody's really giving them the credit, and it's because of this rings, Ernie. Because uh, this marked the also the last. This marked the last season of. Uh, Let Charles me tell Barkley. you something, Ernie. <laughs> this is Charles Barkley's last uh, season. Um, he uh, was 36. He had the devastating e- uh, injury earlier on in the season, and returned for the final game to play in the last game of the season, and then retired at the end of this year. Um, Jay, uh, backing off of the Doc Rivers winning the Coach of the Year, he becomes the first ever recipient to not lead his team to the playoffs because they were 41-41. Yeah, Respectable, but not good enough. For eighth, they got them in Can ninth. I? Also, Sean, can oh, real I? quick, Jay, because we were talking about Sean Elliott earlier. He was sidelined for most of the season because he had a kidney transplant. He became the first player ever to return from a kidney transplant. I don't like Sean Elliott, but I'm glad he, he Why don't we like Sean Elliott? He is so post po- post playing career, not so much playing career. Like I respect him as a player in the NBA. Now as a an announcer for the Spurs, he is known notoriously as not only a homer but a homer in the worst type of way, where he's like condescending and is like very much like ev- the world is against the Spurs, like Spurs versus everybody. Yeah. And his 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 just like his demeanor, his approach, the way he talks about people, he's just kind of annoying. And he's yeah, I don't know. He's a little he's a little 
he's almost a little pretentious, honestly. Like there's there's something about him that I just I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. I can't I can't exactly oh, describe real it. Real quick, I know this has nothing to do with what you were just talking about, but I I did say that this was the first ever season of the Staples Center. Uh, Steve Ballmer, continuing the Clippers for nowadays, this is actual current news. Just bought the forum out here. I saw that. That's awesome, dude. Fuck the Lakers, dude. In the wild, bought thing the forum. Is, he moving was, back. He was gonna try to. So he was gonna try to make a billion dollar stadium near the forum, Madison Square Garden. Who used to own it was like hell no. And then he was like, fine, I'll try to. He was like yeah. negotiating to buy it for a billion. He bought it for four hundred million cash. Jesus, Could Steve Ballmer. Imagine? You do that dance, Look, dude. man, I'm not going to get political, but, like, it's fucked up that a, a one person getting fucking, that, ha- that like, has $400 million dollars in insane. cash. Like, that's just, that's fucked up. At that point, you should just be giving money away to help people. That's a completely different How do we, thing. We, we don't, we don't know that Steve Ballmer oh, doesn't give back I don't, charity. I also like, don't, know dude, I don't give a fuck about no, what you does. do to charity, man. Like, you don't need that much money. Like, you could, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, and I know I, I know that that's also like I don't think it's all just Steve Ballmer. I think it was him and a couple of people probably, but still, that's like ridiculous how much money that is. Um, Fair. Today's not the podcast to get into the economic no, 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 situation and like um, capitalism sorry, we and so on and so forth. Two thousands. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about for this. What could have happened in this year? Um, can I just can I just like can we just take a a brief step back? Just a brief step back because one of the things that we didn't I talk think about. You're gonna try to the, say something that I was about to say. Or are you gonna go back to no, the previous no, no. season? I for the previous okay, season. One thing that I I want to talk about a little bit that we haven't yet talked about was how disappointing the ninety eight ninety nine Rockets were. A team that consisted of and yes, these are aged stars, but a team that consisted of Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley. And Hakeem Olajuwon. But Charles Barkley injured, All, was injured for most of the season. No, no, no. He's talking he season injured, prior. No, no, no. The oh, season yeah. prior, the season prior they were all healthy. Yeah, they were all healthy. Scottie Pippen had one of the worst seasons of his entire career. Only averaged like 14 points a game. He also was reportedly like just hated playing with Chuck, which a lot of people hated playing with Chuck because he was a party guy. He always came into the season kind of out of shape. Like... He was very much like he was like the James Harden of his day in that sense, where he was just like, "I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Don't worry, I'll play myself into basketball shape." Almost like Joel Embiid, which is kind of funny that he like well, talks shit about Joel Embiid when like Joel Embiid is basically him. I was gonna say, um, I was gonna say Joel Embiid is Shaq and he is uh, James Harden. That's so fair. Be a, I would say that's, be, a, that's a fair comparison. Those two guys comparison. will be a very fun uh, commenting, commentating duo in like the t- yeah. Because I would say Chuck, Chuck and James Harden probably spend about about the same amount of time in strip clubs yeah. um, as each other in their in their primes. <laughs> um, but anyways, I just wanted to put it out there, like how disappointing that fucking team was. Yeah. To to have not come up with like you had two guys who had multiple championships on that team plus a guy in Chuck who took a team to a championship like that theoretically should have been the first big three and they weren't yeah. and it was so fucking disappointing just terribly terribly disappointing anyways Very that was the only thing I want to say on that um, but that did remind me of things that weren't disappointing it's time to talk about the All Star Weekend first of all let's Oof, just go and yes, say get into it let's go Golden State Warriors hosted in Oakland California. Uh, and the winner was the Western Conference defeating the Eastern Conference 137 and 126. Shaquille O'Neal and Timothy Theodore Duncan shared the MVP honors for it. <laughs> and also, before that day, when it was the skills challenge and all that sort of things, uh, there was a two years absence. As we said, shortened season ruined that one. And the year before that, they just didn't do it. But the dunk contest returned. And second year player 
Vince Carter, as we were, we talked about him earlier, but we're back at it now, put his whole fucking arm in the rim. I want to literally <laughs> tell you, this is what I want to do for this portion, guys. I have written down. The, the honey dip. I have the honey written, dip. I've written down the, the dumps, Get that honey, Pooh Bear. And I've ri- I've to- I'm going to tell you guys the scores of them, and I know we can talk about them, and some stuff that happens throughout. The first dunk he th- pulls off is a 360 min- windmill for, 50, uh, for a score of 50. That's how he starts it, right at the beginning. Like it was nothing. First try, too. The second dunk he does is the 180 windmill from behind the backboard, where he gets a 49. Um, uh, Kenny Smith is the one who gave him the 9. He pulled a Dwayne Wade, did not give him the 10. And he said the only reason Boo. he did it was because the previous dunk that Vince Carter did. He said that if he had flipped the two dunks, he would have given him 50 both times. Then the next dunk, That's Tracy such McGrady. Horseshit. It is horseshit. <laughs> The next dunk, Tracy McGrady, bounce pass off the floor. Obviously, that's what a bounce pass is, dumbass. Uh, then at <laughs> Vince Carter between the legs, alley-oop, it's a 50. Something else interesting about this dunk, after this dunk, all of the judges, well, not all of them, but most of the judges got up off their seats, walked around the desk, or a couple of people climbed over, and shook Vince Carter's hand saying, Congratulations. <laughs> He still had two more dunks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love the, it. Yeah. I love it. I don't know about you then guys. Then the finals started. Yeah. yeah. Where he did the honey dip for 50. Ah, oh, beautiful. I don't know about you guys. This is the first dunk contest that I ever watched. Well, yeah. Yeah. I can watch it with you. Yeah. This is my – this is – this. Yeah. In terms of my well, NBA, keep in fan, mind two years ago they didn't even fucking have one. Yeah, true, true. And straight. in '98, I was in '98, I was nine years old, maybe eight years old. So like, I wasn't really paying attention. This is the first dunk contest, and I, I think this was this this started the the trend of me watching all the dunk contests. Like, mm-hmm. this is the first dunk contest that I ever watched. Yeah. Likewise, in the in my entire NBA fandom, and it was so memorable. And what an awesome place to start. I mean, arguably to this day, the most memorable dunk contest performance ever. I mean, it's it's up there, if if yeah. not like top three. It, it, I think at this point in time, it's now the the second greatest dunk contest of all time. But I think you you also have to add the gravity of like there wasn't a dunk contest for two, two years, years, and yeah. and Vince basically like pulled it from the depths of hell and brought it back to yeah. relevance. So like that that like the storyline around it, I think, still makes it better than the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, or even this past one, which was phenomenal. Yeah. But like the storyline around it makes it that better than true. any other and dunk then, contest. I, I agree. Um, he also was d- in the dunk contest against Steve Francis, uh, who was on the, uh, playing for the Rockets at that time. Um, he, and uh, Steve, Steve I, well, I forgot what Steve Francis did, but in a sense, the last dunk that Vince Carter had to do, uh, he had to get at least a 42. And he did a two-handed dunk from roughly the free throw line he jumped. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he got a 48 on it, and he was the champion. But at, the best part is what re-watch, I rewatched all only his dunks, and <laughs> after the freaking between the legs like uh, bounce pass alley oop, just watching like Kenny Kenny Smith like gets climbs the table and is like I yeah I gotta give you they're all just shaking his hand. Dominique Wilkins is like nope yeah no you won congratulations there's no point in doing this anymore. It was fucking amazing. It was it's one beautiful. of the best things I've ever seen. And also I would like to point out. The bounce pass between the legs alley oop is the only one that he had to do twice, and he didn't 
he didn't mess it up. What happened was Tracy McGrady did the bounce pass kind of poorly. Through the so bat. Yep. Yeah, so he jumped, caught it, and was like, no, no, let's do that again. Didn't miss a single dunk. <laughs> amazing. Incredible. Half man. Incredible. Half amazing. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Anything else? No. That's it awesome. for me for the season. Um, Guys, this is the Shaq season. That's what I'm calling it. That's what I'm dubbing it. This was Shaq's first MVP season. He was incredibly dominant, led the Lakers the entirety of the season, um, not only won regular season MVP, but also won finals MVP, leading the Lakers past Sacramento in the first round, past Phoenix in the second round. In a seven-game series, a very competitive, might I say, seven-game series against that Portland team that we had previously alluded to that was very, very deep as was this Lakers team. This Lakers team had Shaq. It had Kobe. It had Glenn Rice. It had Ron Harper, Horace Grant, fucking eight. Oh no, pardon me. Oh, Horace Grant was years later. AC Green, fucking. I mean, Derek Harper. Fuck. The 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 list goes on and on. That team very very deep. Um, then you go on the other side and you have Portland that has Damon Stoudemire, Scotty Pippen, fucking Rasheed Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal, Arvita Sabonis, Detlef Schrempf, uh, the, 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 Greg Anthony. Like the teams were so deep. These rosters were so deep. You're talking 10 guys deep easily on both sides. Um, Robert Ori, obviously, on the Lakers team. Uh, the Lakers team coming out in seven, playing against the Pacers in the 2000 finals, who went through Milwaukee, went through Philadelphia, went through the Knicks, who had the previous season, obviously, as we mentioned before, made it to the finals, actually had a much better season in the 99-2000 season when Patrick Ewing was healthier again, but unfortunately lost um, to the Pacers. Four to two in a sec in an opportunity to go to back to the finals in back to back seasons, played against the Lakers, lost four to two. But I gotta say, when you watch these games, this series was far more competitive than the four to two number actually leads on. Like there was a lot of swing games in this series where, like, if you look at revisionist history, if a couple bounces go the Pacers' way. There's a, there's a very real chance that we're talking about a Pacers championship and Reggie Miller being one of the greatest players of all time rather than this for the first Lakers championship with the Shaq-Kobe uh, Lakers. However, unfortunately, it was very difficult for the Pacers to stop the Lakers. Kobe f- didn't play super well but figured things out towards the end. Jalen Rose had a phenomenal finals. Reggie Miller actually did not play that well throughout the entirety yeah, of the finals. Reggie Miller is trash. Oh, stop. He wasn't trash. He wasn't trash, but dude, he was Both teams very deep. The Pacers having a roster that consisted of fucking Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller, uh uh Jalen Rose, um uh, I mean, on, it's, it's the same. The it's roster. the same team, pretty much. That we've been talking about shit. Team, the same team that we've been we've been talking about, uh, like the past couple. Of, like that team, like Chris it's Mullen, so Sam Perkins. It, Ooh, yeah, it's Chris, so Rick funny. Mullen. It's so funny that you like we talk about this team and like this is one of those teams that for three consecutive seasons was really fucking good. So they so just good. never actually put it all the way together. Like this that is one of those bit. teams that like. It's funny you 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 just don't think about it like this this team sort of faded into like obscurity you know what I mean yeah. like yeah it, it's it's to some degree 
almost like the Pacers of the early 2010s. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like where, you know, like Paul George and Roy Hibbert. <laughs> oh, Roy Hibbert. Verticality. <laughs> you know, they were challenging the LeBron Heat yeah. for, you know, the finals. And, like, they had a, a couple opportunities for them to, to beat. Like, there was a couple opportunities where, like, they could have actually won that series and gone to the finals. Um, and instead, they... You know, like, and now we don't, I mean, I'm talking about them now, but like, who thinks about those teams? Like nobody, nobody thinks about those teams. Nobody thinks about Lance Stevenson and fucking, you know, Paul George and that point guard whose name I can't remember. Darren Collison, I believe. George Hill. Not Darren Collison. Um, But like nobody, nobody. I mean, we said at the beginning of the podcast, history repeats itself, but do you also guys feel like that might be happening again for this group of Indiana Indiana Pacer guys, like maybe these this upcoming. I think it's one. it's not as close. It's, it's not, not close. it's not as close. Yeah, but like again, like this even goes over to the Blazers thing, like the early two thousands Blazers we were talking about, like and we'll we'll talk about them more. But like they were fucking loaded, but nobody remembers that. Who I mean, who the fuck taught? Like they, you know, like the average NBA fan. Like I, I'm friends with a lot of guys who watch basketball, but they, you know, they don't talk. Like they're not like as invested in it as I am. And like yeah. you know, those guys don't think about those early two thousands Blazers teams that were loaded. And like this pace, these Pacers teams are the same way. Like, honestly, this Pacers team, you, you kind of look at, despite the fact that they had three really great seasons, um, you More, know, if you, and like, if you really look I'm, back I'm at saying, Riggin, Riggin's career, I know like I'm saying, I'm saying to 2001, I, they were phenomenal. I understand. But this core group of players was together for the most part for three seasons. Sure, yeah. That's sure, the sure. point I'm making. And they had these three great Great, great seasons, and like you, you know what it culminated in in a fucking four-two finals loss to the L.A. Lakers, and they become a blip on the history of the NBA, and all people remember them for as the team, the first team to lose the finals that started the Shaq and Kobe dynasty. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not. That's wrong. it. And yeah, I was I was watching. I watched Game Six where they where the Lakers clinched, um, and yeah, like they were. They were neck and neck for a lot of that series. There were just certain points where the Lakers were just they were just far too strong. Like like we were texting back and forth the other day and I was just like commenting on the game like Dale Davis is a beast. I don't know how these guys got any fucking shots off. There's no space. Like there was just it was just such a crazy it was a really entertaining game to watch. Um and just kind of relive it. And and I grew up hating the Pacers. So watching these series just brought back those memories of like, oh, yeah, fuck these guys. Uh, so anyways, let's move on to the NBA awards that season. As I mentioned, this was the Shaq season. He was finals MVP. He was the seasonal MVP. That year, we had co-rookies of the year. The first time since 95 uh, when uh, George uh, uh, George Hill, Jesus Christ, Grant Hill and Jason Kidd had won co-rookie of the year. That year was Elton Brand of the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about him in future episodes. I have a lot to say about Elton Brand. Oh God. Oh Elton Brand. We could have done we could have done so much. Uh, anywho, and uh and Steve Francis of the Houston Rockets. Defensive player of the year, back to back, Mr. Alonzo Mourning, continuing the trend. Sixth man of the year, Rodney Rogers of the Phoenix Suns. Another guy who didn't really live up to the hype after coming out of college, but like was just fine. Most improved player was Jalen Rose. Shout out to Jalen Rose, multiple time most improved player. You don't see that very often. Uh, <laughs> That's actually really weird to think about. It's crazy. Like he won it with the fucking Pacers, and then he won it again with the Bulls. With the, with like, the Bulls, yeah, I remember. I know. I knew he won it with the Bulls. I didn't know he won oh, it with wait. the Pacers. No, I'm wrong. What? He only won it once. He only wait. Won it once. No, he thought he won it with the Bulls. No, I, I was so literally too. just I'm, looking at his his. I know. Uh, <laughs> 
No, he didn't do shit with the Bulls. Uh, he, I, yeah, he didn't do shit with the Bulls. He was a, de- he was a pretty good with the Bulls. Oh, he was solid with the Bulls. We just sucked, dude. Yo, um, low key, low key, Jalen Rose had a, a very respectable really NBA, really good NBA yeah. career, really good not NBA career. Greatest, not like not the, the career that we thought he was gonna have after like five. I think he's fucking entertaining as shit. Can be personally. Yeah, he goes up and down. Personally, uh, dude, hold on. He doesn't have the accolades. Jalen Rose's stats aren't that far off of Reggie Miller's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you talk that shit, Ricky Bobby? Don't you say that, Ricky? Dude, Bobby. I'm looking at I'm looking at his numbers. They're like pretty comparable. <laughs> <laughs> and Don't I'm not even that, I'm Bobby. not even I'm not even I'm not even trying to bullshit you right now. Like I'm not trying to fuck with you on this Reggie Miller thing. Jalen Rose's numbers are not. They're pretty good. I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. He was a good player. No, he like he wasn't. Oh, he was fine. He was just fine. But Reggie Miller was better. There's just that, there's that gene. There's that like Jalen Rose was sort of a like a hall of very good player. Yeah, he's a hall of very good. Yeah, yeah. He was. I, I'm trying to think of like who the most current NBA player of comparison is to Jalen Rose. Like a guy who's not going to be an All Star, but like CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum is Jalen Rose. I almost feel like that's just disrespectful to CJ McCollum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels real disrespectful. I thought, that, I thought that too. As soon as I said it, I was just like, that might be a little bit of a stretch. I'm pulling that up, might be a I'm, I'm pulling up. I'm doing this right now. I'm, I'm, I know we got like some stuff to get through before we hold on. end this no, episode. Hold on, hold on, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling is up Is that player. that crazy? Is that that crazy CJ McCollum as Jalen Rose? I mean, it's, it's I, 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 I don't know if it better. is or not. It just feels Maybe a little crazy. Maybe a little it, crazy. It, it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that crazy. It it's just, not it crazy, f- crazy, it but it's a little crazy. It feels disrespectful. It's a like, little disrespectful to CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum's averaging is, uh, his career averages are 18.4, Yes, but 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 the, the How problem about Lou is the problem is How you, about you, you can't No, cuz like they weren't the same player though. Yeah. Like also, here's the thing. Look, and you you can't you can't compare like CJ to Jalen Rose yet. Like you can't compare their numbers yet strictly because uh like fucking But he, th- but here's here's my but, point. No, CJ no, listen, McCollum, just listen. one like, time you can't, mo- you can't, most improved you can't, you Same can't compare. Rose. I know, but I'm saying, hold on. You can't compare their numbers right now because CJ McCollum hasn't had the end of his career seasons where he averages four points totally. a game. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I, st- I, I stand two, by my. I stand by reason, what I said. I was gonna say real quick. The reason he's averaging 18.5 is because the first two seasons of his career he only averaged like four points a game. And then he just sure. he just bumped up to twenty one point two. But Jalen Jalen was the same. Yeah. Jalen was the same. Now Jalen was never the, the number two scoring option on his team. That that never happened. No. I think that's why it feels like except blasphemy. for once, except for once when he played for the Bulls <laughs> and we fucking sucked. He was the number one scoring option, and he averaged like twenty two points a game, twenty three points a game. He was ama- he was amazing with the Bulls. But I stand by I stand by it. I would say C J McCollum is my best comparison for him. Most improved player. Never made the All Star team, pretty good scorer, really good scorer, and a really good playmaker. That's and not a great defender. Jalen Rose and CJ McCollum. That's my comparison. Good, actually, it's a comparison. I understand. It's a good one. Uh, what other? What else we got? Anyways, so um, going back to the awards. Obviously, we already talked about this one. Doc Rivers wins Coach of the Year. John Gabriel wins Executive of the Year. Eric Snow wins the Sportsmanship Award. Way to go, Eric Snow. Way to go, Eric Dude, Snow. shout out Eric uh, Snow, man. The, the unsung hero of those 76ers I was teams. Say, he's Eric definitely Snow. playing Absolutely with like, one of the least sportsmanship players at the time. <laughs> oh, boy. 
ne- next next episode we're gonna talk we're gonna about get into uh, it. I, I the can't most the most this. overrated player in the I, history of the National Basketball Association. I plan I plan to 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 clearly lay out my talking points. <laughs> we're gonna have a solid debate next week. Um, I, I also stand team. corrected. Reggie Miller uh, had a, a five-year longer career than Jalen Rose and had better numbers. So and yes. I will, I will, of course he did. I will concede this one. <laughs> there, the middle of their careers are comparable, but Jalen Rose scored thirteen thousand two hundred twenty points, and Reggie Miller scored twenty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. It's not even close. <laughs> All right, let's go to. The I was NBA wrong. Teams. Yeah. All NBA first team: Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd. All second team, Carl Malone, Grant Hill, Alonzo Mourning, AI, Kobe Bryant. Third team, Chris Weber in Sacramento, Vince Carter, first All-NBA team, David Robinson, Eddie Jones of the Charlotte Hornets, uh, and Stefan Marbury of the New Jersey Nets, the all-defensive team. I cannot Please. wait till like 2005 when we get to talk about Stefan Marbury. Oh, boy. I know. I can't I wait lo- till we talk I, about the fucking Nets Suns trade. Um, I loved him. That'll be fun. That'll be fun, too. I loved him. I also think, too, like, a lot of this stuff, like, I mean, these episodes, these first couple episodes, I think we've done, like, a pretty good job. But, like, there's a lot of stuff that it's, like, this is, like, so still before, like, our time. Like, these next right. few episodes. That now we're just, we get into, like, our fandom. Yeah, what like, about when we were growing up. You know what? Yeah. <clears throat> they always say, uh, usually by the third episode of the second season of a show is when they hit their stride so we're about to hit the third episode of in a sense a second season because we're not actually talking about current nba we're talking history of the nba that's so fair. That's we're fair. hitting our stride boys it's happening <laughs> all right now. all nba f- <laughs> defensive first team tim duncan kevin garnett alonzo morning gary payton kobe bryant second team scotty pippen cliff robinson Shaq, eddie jones jason kidd all nba rookie first team Elton Brand, Steve Francis, Lamar Odom of the Los Angeles Clippers, hey. Wally Zerbiak of the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves, and Andre Miller. I don't know about you guys. I fucking I love, love Andre Miller. The I professor. Loved him. So underrated. Was a phenomenal fucking point guard in the NBA for a really long time. Andre, Andre, Miller. Andre Miller. Andre Miller was uh, like thirty six years old his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He had that. He had that like old man like he played, YMCA point guard. He game. did. He like I know. Like I think people like throw that phrase around a lot. But dude, fucking Andre Miller played straight up old. He he had a set shot, man. Mm-hmm. He shot a motherfucking set shot. The man <laughs> averaged 13 points a game over the course of his NBA career. That's true. <laughs> and and the, the, the assists were plentiful. He's like um, top five all, all time in assists. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. All rookie second team. Sean Marion, Ron Artest, James Posey, Jason Terry, Chuck Atkins. Now, I'd like to take a second here to just comment hey, on Hey, how many books. rookie all rookie teams did uh, Reggie Miller make? One, one. It's the only amount you could make as a rookie. Because there's only <laughs> one time that you can do it. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> a joke because bitch. Sean Marion made one. God damn. Listen, Reggie Miller was all NBA first team. Um, no, he was not. No, he wasn't second and third only. I don't know that that's. I don't know that that's true. Yeah, God damn it, dude! Third only. Stop, stop, stop sorry, trying sorry, to sorry, beef sorry, up sorry, Reggie sorry, Miller. I like Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was a hell him. of a player. He was good, but he I hated him. I hated him. I want to say something. Rated as hell. This will be the last thing I say about this season. The Chicago Bulls had won the championship two years prior and were in full-on rebuild mode, so much so that they got the first overall pick and also scored another pick in Ron Artest, 
a year later, they get themselves. <laughs> oh God. A year later, they get themselves Jamal Crawford. Now they've got a core of Jamal Crawford, Elton Brand, and fucking... Right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. After his rookie of the year season, they traded Elton Brand to the fucking yeah, Clippers. So I'm a little off That's there. right. But they, they, did get, they did get Jamal Crawford either in this draft or the following draft. What were you doing, Jerry Krause? You had the rookie of the year, and you had a guy in Ron Artest who made second team all rookie, and you traded Elton Brand? You big stupid dummy, you big stupid we're, diabetic we're, dummy. We're, we're, oh, hey man, don't take, don't throw his health condition yeah, in this. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. sorry. That's not his it has fault. nothing to do with Brand. That's Jerry Cross. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm angry. You should have done better. Who was the GM of the Bulls at the time? Was it Garpax? Jerry Cross? No, Cross. No, it was Jerry Cross. That was oh his my last God. couple years. For whatever I was thinking, Jerry Cross and Jerry Reinsdorf, and I just got, <laughs> I got confused. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, he basically he basically was Jerry Reinsdorf. I, I mean, he was. You're right. I'm sorry, though. Like, when you said Jerry Krause, like, I got Jerry Reinsdorf in my head. Anyways. I'm sorry. I apologize. That is the 99-2000 season, and that's it for today's episode, y'all. We are finally into the 2000s, and to Tad's point earlier, this is where shit's going to get fun, because this was the time period when the three of us became real NBA fans, where we finally became the NBA fans that got us to where we are today, talking about the NBA every single week, even though sometimes we miss a week because we get busy with our lives. But this was the period of time where we all, this was the most formidable time of the three of our NBA fandoms. And I hope for your fandom as well, if you're listening to this podcast today. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up today? Yeah, man, I'm just really excited to get into these early 2000s episodes because, like, at this time, like, like, one, like uh, around this time, like, all I was doing was watching NBA, eating Cheetos, and, like, beating off my parents' basement. <laughs> and, like, that was a pretty prime time of my life. I'm not going to lie to you. It, there's just going to be so many memories. Like, we, we're, we, this is going to be the point where we actually lived these things. Yeah. Like, we, we can remember specifically where we were when these specific things happen. Like this is, this is where shit's going to get fun. I'm real. I really hope you guys have yeah, enjoyed it. I just recalled a fucking series. game from 2004 that Tracy McGrady scored 38 fucking points in. Yeah. Like, like I knew exactly what game, like I'm, I'm, phone. I'm excited about this. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. I, I, I hope you guys have enjoyed the first two episodes. It's only going to get better because the memories are going to get better. And I hope you guys ride this ride with us as we sit here through this, uh, NBA suspension of the season. Um, it's been going on for a while now, so why don't we plug and let's get out of here, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Follow me on Instagram at Nikki Palooza. All right, and you can Nikki follow me Palooza. at Nikki Palooza. You can follow me at Jay Keyless, J underscore Keyless on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at It's Jay Keyless on TikTok. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please don't forget to give the podcast a five star rating or review. We'd greatly appreciate it. We're putting a lot of effort into these episodes, some more than others, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> but it, I, it, I it, do, I do want to say this, man. If you follow the Instagram account, Nikki posted something about Jamal Murray and somebody commented on it that they will send you the they will send you the video of 
Jamal Murray getting his piece sucked by his girlfriend if you GM him. So, I mean, look, here's the deal, guys. Like, if, if you don't want to, if, I mean, follow the Instagram for no other reason than to see Jamal Murray getting his piece worked by a very attractive young woman. Yo, like, four people DM'd us, too. It was like, yo, I got that video. And I was like, go away. What the? I saw it. I, I saw it. Uh, like right away like I saw I, I was I got on Twitter like maybe three minutes after it happened like I was just hanging out like I was I'd been drinking all day it was I, was so like, bad. I was like drunk on Twitter and I was like Jamal what the f- Jamal Murray's trending what the fuck and I clicked in the, like the second the second tweet that I saw was this girl just going to town on Jamal Murray's pretty large penis. Are we shocked? He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I mean, Draymond Green's wasn't that impressive. Uh, excuse me? His dick had ombre, dude. That yeah, dick dude, was impressive as shit. That's impressive. I, I wasn't... I, I, I wasn't like, look, man. I'm not disparaging the man's piece. Okay, I want to be very clear on that. I'm just certainly not disparaging what what Draymond Green's working with. I'm just saying, I sort of expected it. I, to, there's a lamp in my. <laughs> I have a I have a I have a black don't lamp that it. I'm I looking right at, and that. I I, I kind of thought that it would be more like this. Oh no, that's gross. That's oh, gross. Yeah. I have no problem saying that. That's disgusting. I All right, have well, a big penis. I think I think he did just fine. All right, y'all. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, 